0: Hi, and welcome to the Dress Out Channel. We are so glad you're joining us. God has a place and a purpose for you, and we hope this message helps you find that and know how much he loves you. Thanks for stopping by and enjoy the message. So I want to I want to confess something to you this morning. Uh, it, it was a crazy week this week. It's actually been a really crazy last few weeks here at Trailside. Um, but uh, this past week, I experienced something I had never really, I guess, in the last year and a half or so, experienced where it, it felt like everything I was doing just wasn't coming together. You guys ever felt like this? Like every thinking. Every right move you're making, it's just, not, it's just not working as it should together. And it's really frustrating. And, um, and I, I dealt with that all the way until about an hour ago. You can believe that. About an hour ago, when a lot of that changed this morning. Um, I, don't, I don't consider myself a, a normal pastor. I think that's probably an okay thing to say. Uh, maybe I am. Maybe I'm just that unaware of my life in general that I think I'm not normal at all and I'm just like everyone else. But uh, I don't consider myself uh, a totally normal pastor, but I had a very, what I would consider, pastor moment uh, this morning. So uh last night we, we got together with a couple of our guys and had some good times there and hung out. And then I was uh going to go hang out with Josh, one of our elders at 13 Stripes. Um, and kind of just run through my sermons. I felt really uneasy about it all week, and just kind of like my head was convoluted. And I went there, and I found my personal hell was happening. It's exactly what I think that Jesus ever kicked me out of heaven and said, "This is what you're going to do." Um, it was an 80s prom party. And it was loud, and it was like full of people. So I just thought, like, this is what, this is the highlight of their life right now, is that they're dressing up with, like, gloves, you know? You know, the girls had, like, the cut-off gloves. Some of you guys who lived that a- era know some of you guys who didn't have dressed like that because it was really fun. Um That's cool. You guys can enjoy it. I just don't at all. And so I got there, and I saw, like, hair that was all kinds of crazy, and people who you know they are reliving the greatest years of their lives, right? Like, they're here, and, like, finally. It's been 35 years since the 80s. And now I can enjoy everything about it that I've missed so much. And They dusted off their old prom gowns. They rocked out some music that I'm not have a huge fan of. Some of you guys are though. Right? Um, who loves to music? There, anybody? Yeah, my brother raised the camera, Andy, That was funny. Yeah. But I got in there and I was like, you know, I'm really having a hard time. I need to focus. I need to consider and think. And I walked in. There were people everywhere, and everything was like black and bright pink. And I thought, this is where I don't want to be at all. Um, so I went to another place. I was like, I just need to find somewhere that's going to be open because Starbucks, you know, closes at 10 and lets you go across the world. And I was like, I'll just go. Uh, and I found this place called the Kava, no, the Kava Connection. Right? Yeah, some of you guys already know what's happening here. Let me tell you, I walked into this place. Really nice people. Right? I walked into this place and I sit down. I'm like, I'm just going to have some coffee. Like tea, coffee. And this girl breaks down which is totally different. It basically is like water dirt, um, what it tastes like. So I had some water dirt with pineapple. And uh said I really need something different. So I got this tea, it was fine. I was like, oh, I can do this, you know, it's quiet and it's like it's kind of a chill atmosphere, but I can do this and the guy sits next to me. And he sits down, and he puts his phone down, he puts the book down, and then puts this bait next to me. And I'm thinking, this is also my personal hell. I've now changed it. Um and I begin to get engulfed with strawberry watermelon clouds, and I think to myself, I must have sinned really badly this week. Um, I did something I wasn't supposed to, and God is messing me up. So I sit there and I'm trying to like focus, and every time I feel like I'm getting a thought, I get this cloud of strawberry that hits me, and I'm like, this is horrible. And so I. I eventually start packing up, and the guy who was next to me seemed seemed nice, seemed nice enough. But he did something that really made me uneasy. You know, when you're around people and they do something that makes you uneasy, like you instantly start thinking the worst. Anybody been there before? Jeff, this guy like pulls out glasses, right? And he he's young, college kid. Pulls out glasses like little readers, and he puts them on the tip of his nose and like looks down the bar and goes This with somebody. Takes them on, puts them on. And I thought, well, okay. So now what's just happening? I'm here, this guy's vaping. I've got tea that tastes like feet, and and now this guy just signaled to the other four friends of his to jump me because I'm obviously the guy who doesn't belong in this place. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I just got like this is a fit, you know. I was tired, my brain was all messed up, and I was like, I don't belong here. Like I felt like it was just I, I felt just totally in the wrong place. And I closed my computer down. I packed up, and I thought I was like, all right, you know, the best way to not get jumped by a bunch of um Weirdos and vapes is to uh, you know address the situation right. They say when you're about to get ambushed, you're supposed to run into the ambush, right? Todd? that's how you that's how you avoid it. So Throws them all. And I was like, I'm gonna avoid it. I'm gonna talk to this guy, right? I'm gonna maybe y'all invite him to church. And so I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? How are you? He's like, Good. All right, cool. I said, Is your first time? And he goes, Nope. It's yours And I thought, Great. Now it looks like we're trying to pick him up for a date. I said, no, uh, no, it's not. Been here multiple times. Big fan. Big fan. And he goes, oh, I've never seen you here before. i here every weekend. And I thought, well, it's spoiled. Now I know. I need to go. And so we talked for another second. I said, yeah, I'm just trying to get some stuff out. Um, he goes, Do you like the And I said, no, not at all. It's terrible, and I hate it. And um, I said, so what about you? Come here every weekend. He goes, yeah, you need a friend here. Okay, how's it getting here? He goes, well, i live in something. Okay. How's it getting here? was like, well, I usually have a ride. And I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm out. you floated here or you're like maybe you just experienced something and all of a sudden you were sitting next to me. I don't know what happened. But I left, got out, went home and tried to work some more to get my head clear. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Went to bed. Woke up at like five o'clock. My head's all crazy. I can't think straight. You guys ever been here before? Nothing is adding up. Just me. Okay, so that's where I'm at. I wake up, I go back to sleep, I get up at like 6.30, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to work through this last little bit of the swimming, it's not working, I don't know what's happening, and I get through it, and I get a headache, and I get tired, and I start feeling gross, and I lay down, and I fall asleep, and I wake up, and I'm like, I just feel all out of sorts. So we get up, get our kids ready, come up to church, we get here about 9.30, and I'm losing my brain, I just got that yelling at my kids, I forget what now, something really important, obviously. Um, and I get over here, and I'm sitting right here, and we have this thing called a volunteer huddle that we do every week, where all of our volunteers will come early, come sit down, and I kind of walk. And so I'm sitting here, and I keep hearing this like voice in my head going, John, stop that. Don't do that. Hey, don't do that. Hey, don't do that. Do that. We're going the world. And so I go to the back, and we go to pull my sermon notes out. We give our guys in the back production so they can you know, put a few verses in was typically I'm supposed to be on like Thursday, but today's Sunday, like I said, my brain's And I go and I pull it out and I've got half of my sermon. Well, I only mean, have one full copy, right? Normally I have a couple copies. They have one, I have one. I'm like, I have half my sermon. And I go, all right, fine. I got I got it, God. I got it. You do not want me to teach this. That's the problem. And so I went back and I was like, all right, so so what what's the deal, Lord? And I, I prayed. I mean I felt so clearly, God go, You're not supposed to talk about this. And then here's what I want you to do today. So all that to say, I had a very pastoral moment. I have no idea how this is about to go. I went in the back and scratched out everything I felt the Lord was putting on me. And so here we are. Um, But I do know that part of it comes from this. As a young church plant, we have so much pressure. So much pressure to do the right thing, to look good. You ever... You ever go on a first date and you're like, all right, I got to give everything I've got on this first date, right? You're like, I know I am to wear this outfit because it just cascades down my body just right. You know, you like, you're going to really be impressed with me. I'm going to make sure I floss. Because y'all don't always floss, let's so just to be honest, right? Like with today. Today I'm going to floss. Maybe you do, and you're like, wow, Tom, you're really gross. Well, that's how it feels every week to be a church We always put our best foot forward, and today is very purposefully dressed out, very, very acute, very chill. Because sometimes I think we had had so much stress to put our best foot forward every single week that we got worried about impressing people instead of actually just doing what it is God called us to do. And I think that happens a lot with us in general. And so, here's where we're at today we decided a while ago, that this was going to be a low-key stripped-down service. And then I didn't get the memo that this is going to be a low-key low strip service. And the Lord uh, messed me up over the last couple days. So um, I'm going to be raw with you and we're just going to talk about this. And I hope that's okay. You came here and you're expecting it to be real pretty. You've obviously come to the wrong place. Um, but it, it led me here. So I am going to read this scripture. I'm going to pray one more quick time so we can get past all of that information I can give you. We're going to be in Matthew 14, a very regular, uh, regular uh, familiar verse, right in verse 22. Um, I'm in the ESV as you always use. Uh, I think it's on the screen for it as well, but let me do this Because immediately, evening, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed the crowd, he went upon the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against him. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to him, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out from you on the boat. Oh, I'm sorry. And he took him out to you on the water. But so he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Are you of little faith? Why did do you doubt? And when they got in the boat, the wind shook. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now I felt going to, say, know, going to, to you later, but a little bit of context here. Now Jesus, creator of the world, who will see die on a cross, had just lost his best friend John the Baptist. Literally, friend secret. He um he he had just had John the Baptist get beheaded and killed and so Immediately after that news, Jesus withdrew and he went to pray and he tried to get his heart and his head right. And he went to meet with the Father. And as he was doing that, thousands of people showed up. Now, if there's one thing I, I really feel like Jesus and I have in common, it's that so I'm just trying to go to the Lord's thousands of people. So, really hard on me. Yeah. So, thousands of people showed up. Jesus is trying to get away to breathe. to get better, to heal, to meet with the Father. These thousands of people show up and they hang out and say, so Jesus sees this huge crowd of people, and he's like, Oh, okay. And he goes and he heals them, he takes care of them, he meets their needs. And then it comes dinner time, when the disciples say, Hey, send them away, they need to eat. They've been here for a while, they're hungry, they're not gonna make it home. He so Jesus says, No, you feed them. And one of the times he sees crowds, he feeds five thousand men, plus women and children, ten to 12,000 people from those dollars, which probably was. So again, after taking care of the people, he goes and he meets with his father. He goes off to pray. I think we can run a lot from him. And he goes off to pray, and by doing that, he actually sends the disciples in a boat, and he says, go to the other side of the water, and I'll see you there. Now, if you guys don't know, the Sea of Galilee is kind of big. It's not small. It's not like going up to Lake Robinson, where you can the shore at the other end. And it's a huge body of water, it's like a great lake. I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen great lakes, but I'm from Ohio because that's what God loves people. And and uh, I, I went and saw Lake Erie last year. i would seen it before, but um, it just kind of jogged my memory. And the crazy thing about it is, when you look at the lake, is you know it's a lake, it's a tall lake, but it doesn't look like a lake because you can't see the other side. Like you kind of just don't. If you could, you'd be good, you can do that. But that's how the Sea of Galilee—it's so it's huge, so big that it's not just an easy little hop, skip, and jump across. You literally have to take a boat for hours and hours and hours to get across. Because so Jesus sends his disciples, remember this—sends them in the boat across the across the lake. Sends them across the lake. And then, as soon as he was done, as soon as he finished praying, he begins to go Pick up in verse 22 with me. He says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Verse 24, but the boat by this time was a long way away from the land. It was beaten by waves, for so the wind was against it. Verse 25 says, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the street. So now imagine you are a disciple. All, this all right, so put yourself there. at that little bit of time. So if Jesus, your Lord, sees you yourself feed thousands of people with a little bit of bread and fish. Sends you in a boat across the sea. Uh, I, I don't want to miss that this morning. He sent them. He told them to go, and then he goes off and prays. And it's not just like a quick prayer, you know, like they've already eaten, so it's not like a prayer that we have at lunch where please pray really fast, like so I can put the chicken in my mouth. No, Jesus prays all night. And it says in the fourth watch, which is between 3 and 6 a.m., that, that they're still, they're a little far off, but they're still being beaten by the waves. The, the, the boat is being tossed to and fro, and the disciples are fighting and fighting and fighting. Now imagine what you're thinking in that moment as it is disciple. right? You're you're fearing death, you're tired, you're exhausted. You've been fighting the waves all night long, all night, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And Jesus sent you there. You guys, we miss this. We we actually get called from God and we're going, I'm going to go do that. And then when it gets hard, we stop. We give up. We wonder how God would ever send us into that. We think that the call of God means it's easy. Everything's supposed to just fall in line all the time for you. Oh, I, I've actually heard people say this, and it drives me nuts. And I, I'm not a violent person. I talk about my anger with you guys a lot. But um, but when people say, well, you know, if the Lord is in it, then it all just makes sense. Or it'll be easy. And I'm going, I, I read the gospel, and so I don't see that. Like the Lord was in the cross. Like the Lord was in Jesus having his back torn, his flesh ripped from his bones. The Lord was in that. They weren't just like Jesus, go walk into this cave, hang out for a couple hours, come out and be like, hey, look, Richard. His body was destroyed. where They knew that even if he was gone and bitten down on a cross, he would bleed out everywhere else his body was torn apart. Just because God is in it doesn't mean it's easy. And God sends his disciples out into the boat and into the storm. And we miss that because we think if God's in it, it's supposed to be easy. Everything's going to line up all the time for us. It's not worth a fight because there won't be a fight. And that's not what the gospel is. That's not what God says at all. And so they've been fighting all the way to like between 3 and 6 a.m. You guys ever gotten really sick? Like you're just like stomach flu or something terrible? You're up all night, and the the worst hour is from like three to four a.m. You ever been there before? Yeah, I feel like some of you guys haven't been sick as much. That's great. really good. I'll be good. So I found every time that I, I'm really sick and just like gross sick, going up stuff, so I always find out that at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning is when they. Sick, when you feel terrible, there's nothing you want more than to watch somebody eat a delicious, gross, store. and gross. You that's know, the only thing I find, like, it just gets harder. Where now you can't sleep, and you can't watch TV, and I've literally sat on my couch and I've covered my eyes like, uh, of are But now I'm thankful for Netflix because they don't have the commercials. But I remember as a kid, like, being sick, really sick, and thinking, like, all this is back to back parties, commercials, and then stuff for really old people. Like life alert, right? Because so they're starting their morning at three forty-five. Okay. And so it's three to six a.m. Somewhere in between there, we'll say four. Does that work? The disciples are tired. They're fearful. And then here comes Jesus walking on the water. Verse twenty-five it says, "When the Lord watched the night, He came to them." walking on the sea. Remember, there's wind, there's waves, it's hard, and here comes Jesus walking on the water. Like, unfazed by anything else going on, all the things that are making their life terrible, here comes Jesus, just walking through it like it was happening. Verse 26. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. And I've heard people read this verse and like, and they were terrified they they out. Let's get part of the situation here, okay? Like there's nothing that gets me out of a room quicker than if I think I see something in the park. Right? You ever been there? I had a first couple like I guess some last week. Um I, I grabbed my gun in the middle of the night, right? I went through my house, I was like ready to take care of my family. I'm a bad dude, that's what I did. Right? I heard this screech. from am like, in the house, not as quick as I could. I, it was like, I was freaking crazy. My wife like, wow. Um, I jumped up, grabbed my gun. I was like, walking through the house, I'm like, what is it? Screaming? And then I look, and my house, and everything's normal. And then I realized, YouTube video, playing through my Bluetooth speaker in the kitchen. And then I realized, because I fell asleep, and had my phone in my hand, and put some crazy video on. I was like, well, not as amazing as I thought it was. No, I was scared, right? The disciples are scared. They're crying out. They're not like, "Oh, look, there's a ghost in the water." Matthew says, like they were, they were terrified. They cried out in a loud voice. It's a ghost. They're scared. They'll put some humanity on these people. Terrified. That's a fast way to get out of the room. I don't know if I believe in ghosts, but if see one, I'm going to believe, and I'm out. So I hope you can do something about that because I'm going to leave you alone. I'm sorry. I'm not that tough. First one but immediately Jesus spoke to his day, take part. And die. I'm not be Now, this is where real faith comes This is where we actually have to decide to take steps in our faith. Where we can live and 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 fear, or we can actually take Jesus out of his word and watch what he does. This is where when we're tired, we're fighting for our lives, when things look bleak, when things are hard, and suddenly the storm comes and everything's falling apart, here comes Jesus. And in the middle of those moments, when he looks at us and says, take heart, God." we can do one of two things: we can buy into what we do naturally. We can see what's around us and see circumstance, and say, "Well, that's just how it is, and life's going to be hard." Or we can think these side's We can follow what we've been called we can to. That's the difference. Between the moment as The wind and the wave are coming to the boat, and that's fear is taking everything. We just need to keep them out. Walking on the water, don't fear all of this. Don't fear. think that's hard. Listen, if we consistently tell ourselves that it's not, then we're going to have faith. That falters and fails, and we're going to be on the bottom of the track wondering how in the world we got there. One of my favorite verses, uh, Paul writing in Romans, Romans seven twenty one, that's what he says. He says, "I find it to be law that when I want to do right, evil lies close You ever felt that before? Well, I, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to. I'm, I'm following what God called me to. I'm in the right place. I'm listening. I'm praying. Why are things not getting better? Why are things not easy? Why is this not everything I think it should be? And Paul, as he says, he says, "Listen, well, I find it to be law, truth, undeniable, measurable fact that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. When I'm doing all the right things, it's about to get hard." And we see that when we ask why. Like if we're doing this thing we're supposed to, my like God, if, if I'm doing what you told me to do, if I'm following you, I'm listening to you, I'm taking the right steps, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, and now it's harder, it's because sometimes following a call isn't supposed to be easy. And if Paul says, I find too the law, then when I'm doing what I'm supposed to, he will fly close to God I don't know what else I'm listening to. I'm following sometimes in uh, verse 28 everybody's hero Peter I've said it before if you don't love Peter that's fine but he's my favorite so uh, because yeah, he's an incredible favorite Verse 28, and Peter answered him. Well, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Peter, like, listen, here's my deal with Peter. Peter is going to do things that make no sense. Like, it's just stupid stuff. And it's not even just really big faith things right here. A few just react. I go back to the garden of the Jesus getting arrested. What does Peter do? He pulls out a sword and tries to chop his head off. I don't know what's going to make this really tense, awful situation better. I'm going to kill that dude. He's take a swipe at his brain. And he almost succeeds. Now, I'm of the firm belief that if he did, he could, like freak everybody out. like go pick up the head, put it back in the body, go, fix it, and the guy's like, what? Oh, weird. That's that's probably what I think would have happened, but that's not in any translation of the Bible. But Peter understands that that this is a God of the impossible, and if if God is going to call him to do something impossible, to do something supernatural, then it's going to be okay for him to take those steps to do it. And so he says, God, if this is really you, then call me out on the water. And listen, nothing about this makes sense, guys. Nothing, nothing about this makes sense. Following Jesus does not make sense. I'm going to give all my life. I'm going to give my relationships. I'm going to give my money. I'm going to give everything I have to God, who I can't see. Who, for any measurable purpose as a, as a culture, is not measurable and tangible. And I'm going to give everything I have to follow None of that makes sense. Uh, we have to get past this idea of telling people it makes incredible amounts of sense to follow Jesus. It doesn't. Now, I can't like prove like Jesus doesn't come around churches like, hey guys, want to let you know that I'm here. What I look like? You don't do that. It's hard. It doesn't make sense. But Peter understands that doesn't always make sense. The call of God doesn't always make sense. There's a storm. There's a ghost. They're exhausted. It actually probably would make more sense for people to be like, Holy oh cow, uh, I've been fighting these waves for six hours. tired. Look the Paul. God is greater than the surface. So again, the Paul is greater than He said, come. peter got out of the boat, walked on water. Peter's listening, and Peter takes steps that make no sense at all. That are hard. I've never seen anyone walk on water. I, I, when I was a kid, I used to love watching TV shows. And right? So I was always like, he made that. I years Right? But so I remember seeing this one guy you who know, walked on water in a pool, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, he's federal. He's like Jesus. And I was like a nine-year-old. I was like, wow, "That's really cool, man. I got two then the next Sunday, it was a discovering magic show. And the guy had like a black mask on so he could get black balls of magic community in there. And he showed how this dude walked on water that he had tables that were clear that you couldn't see and people positioned in the right way. And like a really thin person slammed through a little gate that was in there so it looked like it was real. It was all illusions. Which nine-year-old me it was like, okay, magic is in my head forever. So I thought he also I believe. But, but that's what Peter does Peter walks out on water in the middle of the storm remember the storm is still happening the waves are still beating it hasn't ceased and when Peter begins to get out of the boat he takes these steps he does exactly what it is that God has called him to but here's the deal guys he, the he missed the call of Jesus if we're not willing to take those steps we will never ever see the full blessing of what is God called us to. You will never take steps that seem impossible when they first make sense to you. If God calls you to do something that's impossible and, and you're not willing to take the step, then you're never going to see what it is to call you to. We have to take steps of impossibility. We steps make sense. never going to be what we God called us to be. And I think think we miss some of God's greatest blessings because we fear I think we we, we miss some of God's greatest blessings because we fear listening to what his greatest promise In our own control. God has promised us incredible things, but we're not willing to take those steps. If we don't take those steps, we can't possibly get there. Peter never would have walked on water if he can actually get out of the boat and start taking steps. And y'all, we live in a capacity as human beings in the South, the Bible, where everybody loves Jesus, knows Jesus. And we're very safe and very careful. And that's why everybody knows and loves Jesus. Spoiler alert, they don't all know and love Jesus. They love the idea of Jesus because it gets getting out of hell free. And hell's a little scary and different feel they don't want to be there. So they're not walking in the power of what the gospel has. Because we won't take steps, that's impossible take steps that are controlled, that make sense to us, that are safe. And as long as we keep doing that, we're going to have a church of safety. We're going to have a culture of safety. Things that make sense. Church would be a place that we get life from. We should come here expecting and knowing that God is going to move in our hearts and lives. It drives me nuts that people don't come to church. Nuts. And it's not because I want to be a church pastor that says, oh, look, everybody's here. We can fill up. I don't care about any of that. It's because this is where life happens. This is where God speaks. This is where the impossible becomes possible, where God calls people to things. And when we don't come and experience that, we are shutting the door on God's promises and his blessings. And then we wonder why in the world life is so hard sometimes. Guys, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of meeting with people who are struggling because they won't come to church and hear the gospel and trust Jesus with stuff. It drives me nuts not because i want things it's not because i'd love to buy more comfortable chairs it's because so many of our things would stop if we would just listen to the call that god has and follow his blessing and when he calls you to do something that is out of your mind crazy and seems impossible it's because he wants to take you there but we miss it because we shut it down and we shut the door on god and say no nah, i'm good in this hallway instead and we're going. A week later, where's the open door? I don't understand. What am I supposed to do? It's so confusing. Yeah, to just shut the door on God. So you go this way. And he's calling you to something that might be a little scary, but guys, it's because the blessing lies on the other side of it. He wants you to be a part of something impossible. But we're scared of that because we don't take God out of His promises out of His word, and we miss some of the greatest blessings he has for us because we don't trust him and us to greatest God's word says don't fear what you'll wear or what you'll have. So we fear that. God says, give. I'll make you more. I'll give you more so you can be more generous and bless more people. And we hold on tight to what we have because it's our comfort and our peace. When God says, we go, that's good. Maybe here's here's, three dollars because I don't trust you're actually going to bless me like you say you will. Don't be scared when evil comes. So when evil comes, we hide. We run. We fly back to safety because at least we can look around the room and know we're okay for that one moment. But he says, don't fear. So we fear. And we hide. We're going nothing from the garden. When God says, he told you you were naked. And Adam, you were hiding and saying, we do the same thing. He said, Just don't worry about tomorrow until we live in anxiety. And I know, I'm on anxiety. When he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to cry out, Lord, save me! He immediately used that he a little So Peter begins walking toward Jesus as the wind and the waves are moving. As the sea is crazy, he begins walking. But then something happens. He sees the wind. Really, interesting thought, right? You don't see wind. Feel wind. No. He sees the wind. What does that mean? I mean? He sees evidence of things that make sense of why he shouldn't be where he is. Waves. Seeing the boat, probably hitting him in the legs and the thighs he's walking towards Jesus. He sees the boat shifting and moving. He hears it. He feels it against his skin. And when that happens and when his concern and his safety becomes a natural, he begins to see supernatural I called him out. He begins to sink. To fail. So he cries out to Jesus, Save me! Lord, save me! He's doing what he always does. He should saw the evidence of what he was doing. He that wasn't natural, it wasn't normal, it wasn't easy. And as he took his eyes off of Jesus, right? Because he said he saw the wind. So he's looking at Jesus sitting out of a boat and walking. God called him to. Do, and as he takes his eyes off of Jesus and sees the wind, he begins to fail. He begins to fall. He sinks. Hebrews 12, one of my most favorite verses. Yeah, I have a lot of favorite verses. There's too many that I have right now. My goal is to that verse Hebrews 12, one of my six favorite verses because of Therefore, if we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which cleansed us so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us not lose heart of be, run what it is God has called us to. Looking to Jesus, the, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross five years seated at the right hand of God. And then here's what is the part of Peter. Consider him who endured such things from sinners, such hostility against himself, that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. So That's what Peter messed up. He's God's office, Jesus' office of Paul. So Peter sees the natural, natural concern is the midst of his supernatural call. Why, why did you doubt? Now, for me, I'm, I'm with Peter on this, okay? I, I'm more with Peter than I am with Jesus at this moment. Peter, why did you doubt? I don't know. Because there were huge waves, and I started sinking. And I knew that if I sank and went to the ground, I was going to die. And I don't want to die. It's going to be over. I'm going to drown. Drowning sounds terrible. There's nothing I want less in life than the ground. Really, honestly. Me any other way. Don't throw me into the middle of an ocean, and, and so I don't know Jesus, like why why did I doubt? Um, because I saw the waves and I knew that water meant death, and I thought I was dying. That's probably why I screamed out. I don't know anyone who's been in near death experiences like, oh told thing doesn't bother me at all. I'm totally okay with it. But when we forget the supernatural part of our calling, we focus on the natural, and we seem to be sinking and everything seems to be falling apart. That's what we do. We scream out because we don't understand what it is that God's called us to. We begin to put our trust in what we see instead of what we've been called to. So verse 31. You're on up. Verse 32. They got in the post. always pretty terrible. <laughs> then one of my favorite things. Those are the as as you are the are, We trust Jesus when everything is good. Uh, it, it is not a hard thing to ask somebody to believe in Jesus when everything is going really well, right? Uh, I, I've said it before. If we came to church and we said, hey, uh, trust Jesus, everything's going to be good, all your relationships are going to be great, you're going to have all the money you need, you can go on vacation. That's what do you think about that? Pay your bills, have stuff, you're going to be full all the time, people are going to love you. Everything's going to go well. If that was true, we would have no problem searching these pops. In fact, the world would shut down on Sunday at kind o'clock. Of Probably Monday and Tuesday, too, because people out of the place. Because it's easy to trust Jesus when we're in the boat and everything's calm and peaceful and easy. In fact, Jesus says so in John 20. He Because we've be seen you, you, believe. But blessed are those who have not seen me and yet still believe. Because Jesus knows. The church, here's my question for you. What do you believe? What do you actually believe about Jesus? Listen, I don't have time to play games. I I, I do not, we do not as a church have time to rest on our laurels anymore. It's time to go. Come and take a step. I got news for you. There are people who aren't here today who should be. Who I'm going to make sure they hear this. They need to know. It's time to stop playing games. What do you actually believe when God calls you to something supernatural? What do you actually believe in that? Do you actually believe God can heal your relationship? you actually believe God can restore marriage. Do you actually believe God can allow you to forgive when you thought you never could? Do you actually believe that God's call to be something greater than you ever understood? Do you believe that when God says, do not fear, do not worry about tomorrow, that he actually means you can trust him if you don't have to? Do you actually believe that? Or are we just playing church? As I said it, if we're playing church. We're going to go play it somewhere else we might not going pack everything up and go play church tomorrow. Or, do we believe that God is the God of the we believe that God can heal man? we believe that God can forgive? Do we believe that God can heal? Do we believe that God actually will allow us to let go? Do we believe that there's more? than just waking up every day and surviving and filling up. This is how it you got to believe in and I think the most important thing in a relationship is that we have to be agenda with. You can't have honest, trusting relationships and have an agenda. If you have an agenda in a relationship, that's called manipulation. And it is destroying, destroying our culture. Everything has to hidden something. If you have a hidden something in your relationship, that's called manipulation. You that's to consumption. And it's going to destroy your life. It's going to destroy your relationship. It's going to destroy your, life. And you can destroy your whatever. The question is do we believe in the impossible? Believe that God actually is going to help. That He does actually call you to something good. Or do we put God in the box and help that he stays The so second thing are you willing to take steps to follow the call in your natural Scary thing. I wrote this half an hour ago. Well, I'm now a little long. Not what I was supposed to come talk about. I fought it. I've been fighting it for months, but I fought it real hard for this team. How much does somebody needs to hear it? Are you willing to take steps to follow the call of the national team? You're able to keep your on gonna be hard. It's going to be easy to forget that. Nobody when they're walking through hardship, multiple relationships, and they're tired <laughs> destroyed, nobody nobody wants that. Nobody walks that easily. So are you going to be able to keep your eyes on Jesus like you do as well? The important part of that, that first starts with how you're surrounded by those so great clouds. You gotta have somebody to help you. You need to walk with you and pick you up. You gotta have somebody who's been there before. You gotta have somebody who can open the door and pick you up when you're on the ground. It's like you like. So, this is the last thing said, I'm gonna share. Time to get on the floor. to get on the train. It's time to get on the train, it's time to bring everybody to know on. Because we have the instinct. We have the reason. We have the hope. We have the impossible. So people say, oh, you think Jesus is the answer? Yes. I do. Maybe I'm stupid enough to do that. But yes, I do believe that we see all these people. All these things. know all of the pieces. The average church goer goes one time kind or of one in every four weeks. That forty percent of people have that with this. 10% of the people do 90%. I'm, I know all of that stuff, but I'm not here to be average. See, we didn't plan a church that's different from any other church in, in this part of the city. To be average and normal. I, I didn't. I didn't come and answer this call along with all of you. That people to come one time a month to church and then once a month feel like maybe God's calling them or something. I didn't come for any of that. It's not why I'm here. It's not why we're here. We're gonna fight that until the end of the day. All of the day. All of the day. I didn't come here so 40% of people who trust the Lord in their provision that He actually wants to bless. We become more generous, not more I didn't come here for 10% of people can do 90% of the work. Because if we have 10% doing 90%, we're missing a whole lot of other work we could accomplish. Listen, we want to go into neighborhoods in this city and affect them for the gospel. I want fathers to love their children again. I want marriages healed. I want to see that stuff happen. And God, it's not happening in this city yet, just because we have to be about it. We have to. I don't know how else to show you that. I don't know how to show people that. We have 171 people who come to the church once a month, at least once a month. 171. What would we do if that came two or three times a month? Or God forbid, four. Praise the call. We have about 25% of people who give in a church. What if that became 40? or 50 or 60. What do we do? You know what we would do? I tell you, when our families can eat food and can't buy it, and their kids are eating ramen and dirt, we would be able to afford that and buy that for them and bless them and put them for their job. That's what we do. When people are dying in the heat of the summer in July in South Carolina, and they have no way to fix their bill or pay their bill or have an air conditioner put in, we would do that. We would step in and do that and point them for the gospel. That's what we would do. I would not buy a Lamborghini. I've got my Jeep. It's awesome. I love it. My goodness, if it means I've got to sell that thing so we can do that, then I will. I'm in. Mean, you heard it from here. It's on the video, on the internet. It's going to be video video. Whatever that thing is called. Camera or video, I don't need it. Like if that's what it saying, I'm willing to do that, guys. I'm willing to because the gospel is necessary. Because the impossible call is important. And if we're operating in natural thoughts and provision for an impossible God, we are neutering the gospel and we're neutering Jesus. Now I'm done with that crap. I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not. It's about time that we allow Jesus to be do Jesus. I'm done. I'm done with telling people you gotta vote Republican to be a Christian. I'm done with telling people you gotta look a certain way and dress a certain way to come to church. I'm, I'm done with that it's nonsense, as lies and shit about. Now don't wallow. Oh, no, it like I, I don't want one in four. I don't want 40% of people who ask that to me 30 That's why we don't get up here and say, well, but what's we'll up for them? Because I'm not getting up here and take it to do that. When I waited tables, I can't do such a positive thing. I thought I was going to sell money for a phone bill. I ain't going to do this. When I weigh the tables, I don't rule. I never put the TV on. Okay. Never did. That's only 15% and you are in college money. Right? Because I knew that if I went hard, if I loved people, and if I served them out of love, then I was not going to get 15%. You know what I did? Never did. We had like one or two people who there. like $2. Like, that's very really good. Usually it was half a couple to go. That's so why I'm not going to sit there and tell you, like, I want you to go down by ten. county because I was to from the country. So I, so so I want you to do that. Because so that's what you're doing. I want you to do it. Once you change the world, once you change the city, There's 171 people coming together to do that in this day. 171, we come to we go fire me There's get somebody way, like, much better than I am. But I'm okay with that so we're not going to do that, dude. We're not going to be one and four we're asking 10% of people doing 90% of the work. That means you can't do any of the work. We're not going to step out the Because so if you don't, you See, we read that story and after and We read about Peter. We talk about how he failed. What Peter doing and then decide that? He's out on the have to go to the Thanks so much for listening. We hope you were encouraged by the message and you feel closer to Christ than you ever have before. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit us in person or help support our mission as we seek to love Jesus, serve others, and live unified, check us out online at trailside.church or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, and we can't wait to see you again soon.